to Revenge of the Creeps and other scary stories. I'm Natalie and I'm six years old. And do you know what I love? I love scary stories! Today I'm going to tell part two of Revenge of the Creeps. Wait a second, did you listen to, to last week's episodes? If you did it, you better stop right now and listen to it. You won't want to miss it. So go do it now. If you did listen to it already, I bet you are just dying to know what happened to Elena, Elizabeth, and Elliot. Now that they are in Galveston, Texas. And I mean dying. What's going to happen? But before I start the story, I want to tell you where I am right now. Do you want to guess the haunted place? I am in this week. Go ahead. Try to guess. That's right. Galveston, Texas. Just like the Robinson family in the story. I had heard about how spooky Galveston was, which inspired this story. But I just had to see for myself. I am at the hotel in historic East Edmond, Galveston, Texas. And let me tell you what it's really like. What is super cool about this haunted city, first of all, Galveston ranks as one of the nation's most haunted places. The weird thing about this place is that it isn't just a city, but it is actually an island too. Cool, huh? But it's not big of an island. The total area of the island is about 208 square miles, or 500 and 39 kilometers. The population of Galveston is about 50,000 people, which is pretty small. I live in Los Angeles, though, which has so many people. So, here's the spooky thing about Galveston. In the year 1900, there was a terrible hurricane on the island, and about six to 10,000 people died. That's a big range, but it was a long time ago. It's, and it's hard for them to be sure just how many people really died. That is so sad. Can you imagine the small, sweet little island having so many people die on it? It was devastating. The thing about the terrible storm is that with so many people dying, there are now so many ghosts. When I heard about this haunted beautiful island, it inspired this story and made me want to see it for myself. Do you want to see this spooky island too? You'll love it. But are you ready for some ghosts with your vacation? Of course you are. You aren't scared. I heard a guy tell my mom yesterday, if you talk to anyone in Galveston who has an old house, they will tell you it has a ghost. I asked my mom about that later. She didn't know if it was true, but the guy sure looked like he was not kidding to me. If you do visit this place, I want to tell you where you should go. If you want to see the most fun, spooky, haunted places on Galveston Island, are you ready? You should visit number one, 
Mayfield Hotel. Number two, the Galvest Hotel. Number three, Stewart's Mansion. Number four, Terremont Hotel. Number five, Bishop's Palace. Number five, the most haunted location. Bishop's Palace is actually what inspired the location for the characters Elena, Elizabeth, and Elliot. Move into the story, Revenge of the Creeps. I'll post a picture of it on Revenge of the Creeps Facebook so that you can see it. And this is what I want. I want you to imagine this place as you listen part two of the story today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Bishop's Palace. I, just to help you imagine where the Robinson family is in the story. The real Bishop's Palace isn't really on Sealy Street, which where it is in the story. It is actually on the corner of Christopher Columbus Boulevard and Broadway Avenue J. I am telling you, this place is so pretty. The other thing I've loved about visiting Galveston is the Galveston Island Historic Pleasure Pier. People say it is haunted too. I love it because it reminds me of Santa Monica Pier in Los Angeles, where I live. It has a lot of games, rides, and treats. I just love getting excited about real things around me. For example, not only was I excited about learning about Galveston, Texas, but the names of the characters the story was inspired by things too. Elena is the name of one of our babysitters. Elliot is the name of a boy in the movie E.T. I wanted all these names to start with the same letter, so I chose Elizabeth for the name of the main character. See what I mean? I chose things in my real life. You can too. Okay, are you ready for part two of the story? Here is part two of the story. Revenge of the Creeps. Lizzie and Lainey helped Ellie walk up the beautiful massive stairs to their new home on Sealy Street, Galveston, Texas. As they reached the top of the stairs, the huge doors suddenly swung open to a grand entry hall with a beautiful carved wooden staircase curving up to the second floor. The sunlight shone through the stained glass windows, tinting the entry hall with soft Shades of green, blue, and red. In the middle of the front hall, sitting in an old chair covered in purple velvet, sat their new stepmom, Jackie, with an evil look in her eyes. She purred, Welcome to my house, Elena, Elizabeth, and Elliot. Here are the rules in this house. The first one is that Bedtime is at 8 o'clock sharp. Second rule, always keep the curtains closed. Number three, never go to the fourth floor. Do you understand? Lizzie, Lady, and Ellie felt so startled 
they could hardly speak. They stammered in unison. Yes, madame. The corner of Jackie's red lips curled up and her eyes glimmered at that moment. Their dad walked up behind them carrying a huge box. Isn't this house beautiful, kids? Jackie jumped up and ran to their dad's side and put her hand softly on his arm and sweetly said, I'm so glad that we're finally here. She kissed their dad on the cheek, then turned her head to the children and glared. Follow me, children, Jackie said as she walked up the stairs. As Lainey, Lizzie, and Ellie followed Jackie, Lizzie noticed some of the pictures on the wall looked like Jackie as a little girl. She suddenly realized Jackie had grown up in this house. Lizzie asked, do your parents still live here? Jackie stopped on the stairs and turned around and looked right into Lizzie's eyes and said, oh, Elizabeth. Mother and father of you died long ago. The way she said it sent chills down Lizzie's spine. Lady could hear Lizzie communicating through her minds. That's why we moved to this old creepy house? What else don't we know about her? Lady communicated back. Maybe she'll start to grow horns next. They smiled at each other. Jackie showed the children to each of their rooms. Lizzie stepped into her new room and her mouth dropped open. Her new room was five times bigger than the room in Seattle had been. There were two big windows with long teal curtains a rug in the center, and a giant wooden bed with beautifully carved bedposts. In the corner stood an enormous mirror that looked like a giant wooden demon head carved along the top. She thought, how creepy! Who would keep that in their room? She walked over to the window and pulled the curtain aside. The property next to their house was a cemetery filled with old headstones and statues. She quickly shut the curtain and stared and started carefully unpacking her favorite books onto her bookshelves, thinking ahead to the upcoming week when she would start Galveston Elementary. That night, she lay her head down on her new bed as she fell asleep. She could hear scratches on the windows and in the walls. They were quiet at first. From within her closet, she could hear what sounded like people talking in low birth voices. She pulled the covers tightly over her head and held the pillow around her ears. As the sounds grew louder, the sounds grew louder 
as she peeked out and could see two eyes glowing at her from inside the mirror. She jumped up, ran to Lainey's room, and snuggled in bed with her. Where Elliot lay clutching her older sister, too. It was the morning of September 4th, 2000, when Lizzie and Lainey got ready for their first day of school in Galveston. Lizzie was going to first grade at the elementary school, and Lainey was starting her senior year at high school. The schools were near each other, so they planned to walk to school together. Little Elliot, only four, stayed at home with the Jackie, and Dad was heading to his first day at work. During breakfast, Lizzie and Lainey communicated with their minds about how nervous they were to leave Elliot all at home with Jackie. But it felt like they didn't have a choice. Jackie glared at them both from across the table. Don't you girls worry your heads about Elliot, she said. Could she have heard them? Lizzie and Lainey walked to school. They passed the cemetery that neighbored their house. Lainey told Lizzie about the hurricane that had come a long time ago and killed about 10,000 people on the island. Lainey said, the weird thing is, is that Friday will be exactly 100 years after the hurricane had hit. This cemetery is filled with the bodies that they could find. Many others were just washed away and could never be found. After walking the 10 blocks west along Sealy Street to Galveston Elementary, Lainey hugged Lizzie and said, Good luck today, Lizzie. Go get him, girl. Lizzie took a deep breath as she walked into her new school. She was ready to start first grade. As Lizzie sat down in Miss Boone's first grade class, she looked around at the other kids. In one corner, she noticed three girls talking. One had long black hair, hazel eyes rimmed with dark eyeliner, mascara and skin as white and creamy as vanilla ice cream. She wore all black and when she stood up, Lizzie could see that she was almost as tall as the teacher. Lizzie looked at the name tags on each desk and she could see her name printed in careful letters, Veronica Anders. She looked at the, the names of the two girls talking with Veronica. Margo and Alina. Besides different colored hair, with Alina having curly brown hair to her shoulders, and Margo with her blonde hair and pigtails, they all looked alike, wearing makeup and black clothes from head to toe. It was clear from to Lizzie, though, that Veronica was the leader of the group. Are you new? Lizzie heard a sing-songy voice coming from behind her. Hi, I'm Rachel. Welcome to Galveston. Miss Abood is really nice. I hope you like it here. Lizzie felt all warm 
all over. Hearing a friendly voice, she turns to see a sweet little girl with a white bow in her hair and a fuzzy pink spider. Are you going to the 100-year memorial this Friday? Rachel asked. I would love to go. Lizzie replied, eager to make a new friend and learn as much as she could about her new town. Veronica, Aline, and Margot glared over at Lizzie and Rachel. Rachel continued on, just be sure you don't mess around with any of them, she says as she motioned over to Verona's cuz group. They're just obsessed with vampires. I'm not sure if they want to catch them or be them. Either way, it's just gross. Lizzie noticed a beautiful necklace around Rachel's neck that looked to be ancient. Rachel asked, where are you from? You sure don't look like a Texan. I'm from Seattle, replied Lizzie. Seattle, Washington. Whoa, I heard it rains there, like every single day. Lizzie smiled. She knew that's what people thought of Seattle, but she loved it and missed her friends even more than ever. It's not so bad, Lizzie said. She added, the rain makes everything green. The class bell rang for the start of Lizzie's first day of first grade. Miss Abood led the class in the Pledge of Allegiance. After school, Lizzie stood on the corner of Seeley and 25th Street and waited for Lainey. Veronica, Alina, and Margot walked and looked down at her with glaring eyes. So you're the new girl, huh? said Veronica. We hear you live in the old Orpheo house. Is that true? They stood there with their arms crossed, waiting for the answer. Lizzie stuttered. Yes, I guess so. My dad married Jackie, and we live in that house now. Margot seemed hardly able to control herself, jumping up and down when she heard this. Do you mean that Jackie Orfield is your new mom? Don't you know what she is? Lizzie could feel the blood rushing to her face. She felt sick to her stomach, thinking Jackie as anyone's mom, let up. Let alone her. No, she is not my mom. Whoa there, Elizabeth. No need to blow a gasket, munchkin. You don't even know what you're getting into here, do you? Lizzie couldn't be more thankful. At the same moment, Lainey turned the corner and Lizzie went running to hug her sister. That night, Lizzie lay in her bed, terrified of hearing what she thought she heard the night before. She remembered the glowing eyes in the enormous heavy mirror in her room. Why would someone carve what looked like a demon into a mirror anyway? She got a chair and covered the entire mirror with a blanket, not willing to take any chances seeing any creepy eyes peeking out tonight. As she fell off to sleep, she heard another sound, a different sound. Digging, 
scraping. Digging, scraping. She held on to her favorite teddy bear that her mom had given her when she was a baby, but she still heard the weird noises. Digging, scraping. Digging, scraping. She crept across her floor, which was lightened up near the full moon coming through the curtains. She pulled back the teal curtain just enough to look outside. She could see someone in the cemetery standing in a deep hole, crouching down. She could see the back of a head of long black hair. She rubbed her eyes and looked again. It looks like Jackie! What was she doing? At that moment, Jackie stood in the open grave. Jackie turned red quickly around and looked up to the second floor bedroom, which was Lizzie's room. Lizzie ducked down quickly to avoid being seen and tried to catch her breath. What was happening? Lizzie's brain spun with all the scenarios that could possibly make any sense. She shut her eyes tightly and clutched her steady. You are the one, Lizzie. You can stop all of this. She could feel someone saying, but the only people that could communicate mentally were Lainey and Ellie, though. She heard a woman's voice saying again, Don't be scared, Lizzie. You're stronger than you know. Over the past two years of growing mental communication skills, Lizzie felt some braveness. Maybe this wasn't just a fun game that she and her siblings could play. Maybe there was a bigger purpose. She shut her eyes and bravely, and bravely tried communicating back. But I don't know what to do. Show me the way. She sat quietly in her room, waiting for a response. She finally heard back in a, in a quiet whisper. We'll all be here for you. Next, I'm going to do something really fun. This section I call Scary Interview. I'm going to interview someone really special, my friend Madison. Madison is seven years old, and she likes scary stories, too. Madison, have you ever been interviewed before? No. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. What are you going to be for Halloween? Jasmine. Why? Because I think... I'm I just like the movie. Okay. What is your favorite scary story? Little Red Riding Hood. Because the wolf is in the story trying to pretend that it's the grandma. Little Red Riding Hood is walking in the forest and she also has a basket for her grandma because her grandma is sick and she meets a wolf on the way. That wolf pretends to be the grandma and eats the grandma in one of the versions. That's how I think it is scary. Interesting. Besides that story, what is most scary to you? Well, I think um, ghosts and vampires. Okay, good choice. I'm scared of vampires too. What do you do when you feel scared? I just hide somewhere. Good choice. Thank you, Madison. I had so much fun interviewing you today. I love hearing about things other kids think are scary.
is called Goosebump. It's really good. I give it five zombies out of five, which means it's really spooky and super scary. My favorite character in it is Slappy, the evil dummy. My favorite part in it is when Slappy is like, who you calling dummy? Dummy? It's the funniest part. And after the abominable snowman of Pasadena's book unlocks, all of the books un unlock. It's super creepy. But guess what? Night of the Living Dummy book opens first. When Arlstein gets back, he says, Oh no, and Slacky says, Uh, yes! It's super creepy! There's also the Abominable Snowman of Pasadena, the Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, the Phantom of the Auditorium, and other ones. And don't forget the Haunted Mask. I love that one. They're so creepy. Plus, there's also Shocker and Shock Street. Cool, huh? I noticed that they were missing some of the monsters, like the sea monster from Deep Trouble, and how I got my shrunken head, and they didn't have the mud monsters, and not monster blood, but they did have Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. My favorite, Murder the Clown. He is the creepiest clown in the world. Plus, the blob that ate everyone. At the end, Slappy is super creepy. They see his face, and boy is he creepy. He's so scary. His face is like staring right at you. So creepy. Scary, huh? I know what you're thinking. cute to me. But the cool thing about dummies is that dummies don't, P.S. don't tell this to Slappy, he'll get super mad. Dummies are, you ready? Dumb. Dummies are dumb. They're made out of the wood. You can just light them on fire. Kaboom. They're dead. But Never, ever, 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 ever say these words out loud in front of Slappy. Loma, Odena, Miranu, Miri, Kirina, Kirino. Those are the six words you should never, ever, 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 ever say around, say around Slappy. Because guess what will happen? If you read the book, you already know this information. Slappy comes alive! How creepy is that? You're gonna be like, ah, Slappy's gonna come in my room when I say those words. But, you're wrong. Slappy is a make believe, phony, baloney, dummy, who is dumb character. Who is the most cutest thing in the world? 
if you've actually seen what he looks like. It isn't that one with the green eyes staring at you. It's the brown-eyed one. That one. He's cuter there. He's so cute. At the very end, the invisible boy says, You forgot the invisible boy. In Stein's typewriter, wrote Revenge of the Invisible Boy by itself. And Stein started screaming. That's the end of the story. I mean, movie. I hope you like it. P.S. I am the daughter of Slappy. Now I'm going to do some questions from children around the world. Dear Revenge of the Creeps, Last year when I went trick or treating, some bullies stole my candy. I felt so scared and sad. I'm afraid to go trick or treating this year because they might do it again. What should I do? Signed, Ricky, age six, in Detroit. Dear Ricky, you should tell a grown-up about this. They could go trick-or-treating with you. How does that sound? Great. If you think this is great, ask a parent to go trick-or-treating with you. It's better because if they come up again, the parents will tell them to back off. So, how does that sound? Let me know if you already had a parent go trick-or-treating with you. Dear Avenger the Creeps, I love reading scary stories, but I want to write my own like you. What can I do to be an author of scary stories? Signed, Sophie, age 8 in Kansas. Dear Sophie, it's so simple. Just get, just get a pen and some paper and write it. You can just write the scary story that you want. Any scary story. Maybe the villain could be a walking turkey, like with arms and legs, and it comes out of the oven, and the oven regenerates it. Cool. It could be revenge of the oven turkey. How about that? If not, you can just turn it around to be a booger. And that's it for the letters today. Thank you for joining us today on Revenge of the Creeps and Other Scary Stories. This is Natalie, and I love sharing my scary stories with you. I want to thank my friend Madison for joining me today. Sharing stories with friends are the best. Let me know what you think or share your own scary stories. Joining me on Facebook.com forward slash Revenge of the Creeps. Be sure to subscribe on, on iTunes to let me know what you think. You can always email me too at revengeofthecreepstory at gmail.com. Email me and, and know what you are going to be for Halloween. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to join in next time and I'll share part three, the final chapter of Revenge the Creep Story. Guess what? will also be the day before Halloween. So you don't want to miss it. Ah ha ha! Have a spooky day.